Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with some TMI, courtesy of Jada Pinkett Smith. Move on to the Republicans' quest for a House Speaker and follow all of that up with what's going on between Palestine and Israel. Let's begin, shall we? Picture it. March 2022. Chris Rock is hosting the Oscars. He makes a joke about actors and their movies because that's what he was hired to do. And then this happened. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh, Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I don't know about you, but that slappered around the world still gets me. But what's got me facepalming right now over Will Smith's Smackdown on ABC is this happened in 2022. And Will can be heard shakily screaming, and I quote, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. After he slapped Chris's, of course. Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Seems like a perfectly emotionally out of control thing to say with Will and Jada Pinkett Smith still together at the Oscars. The same Will and Jada Pinkett Smith who got married in 1997 and are still together today, right? (laughs) Well, I'll let Hoda from the Today Show and Jada herself explain. And when we met up with Jada in her hometown of Baltimore to talk about her candid new memoir, Worthy, she opened up about an issue that has been kept secret until now. In 2016, you and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. It was not a divorce on paper, but it was a divorce. divorce. So from the year 2016, which is seven years ago now, <laughs> yes. y'all have been apart. Yeah. Jada says she considered a legal divorce, but could never go through with it. I made a promise that there will never be a reason for us to get a divorce. We will work through mm. whatever. And I just haven't been able to break that promise. Mm. But you still live separately. We live separately. Wait a minute, separate lives since 2016? So that means Will slapped Chris in what now can only be described as a pathetic attempt by an estranged husband to win back his wife, only on paper, of course, and all that red table bullshit about Jada's entanglement was really just a lonely woman who refuses to divorce her estranged husband, but has no problem having sex with a guy who, at the time, only had the privilege of being able to buy an adult beverage a year before meeting Jada? (laughs) This crap has got me thinking, maybe Will slapped the wrong person. Instead, let's move on to what the fuck is going on in D.C. right now news. When we last left the House of Representatives, 
they were without a speaker after seven head from Florida, Matt Gates and his merry band of maggots sided with the Democrats to vote the worst Kevin ever to be speaker off the island. And as of this recording, the House of Representatives is still without a speaker, but they do have a candidate. There was a big vote uh, among Republicans in the House today to determine a new speaker and the GOP's nomination for speaker has gone to Steve Scalise, uh, the Republican congressman from Louisiana, winning the GOP's nomination for speaker on a secret ballot. This is no guarantee that Steve Scalise will be the next speaker of the House. Republicans are still divided as to how to take this process to the floor of the House of Representatives. Already, uh, there are members of the Republican conference uh, telling uh, my colleague Ali Vitale that they will not vote for Steve Scalise on the floor of the House if and when uh, this speaker nomination actually makes it to that stage. So the, the math is still a problem for these Republican candidates. Yeah, we'll get to the math in a moment. Can we just take a few minutes to ponder the conundrum that Republicans have before them? It took 15 rounds to get the worst Kevin into the Speaker's chair back in January, which lasted about as long as a late-term abortion, and out of the ashes of the House nearly burning down because Republicans are in control, emerged two Skeksis ready to snatch the gavel now that the vacancy sign is lit. The first is a former Ohio State coach who went from helping to cover up a pedo doctor on campus to allegedly helping to plan the January 6th insurrection and Dolt 45's pick, Mr. Jim Jordan. Obviously, Republicans aren't nominating their best when it comes to the speaker, but... Someone should explain that fact to the Republican rep from South Carolina, the scarlet letter fashion disaster herself, Ms. Nancy Mace, because Lord knows CNN's Jake Tapper already gave his best. Roll tape. Well, I think Jim Jordan is not out of the mix. I've talked to a lot of people who still support him. I've actually talked to Democrats who, who trust him at his word. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Jim Jordan? I Yes, I've talked to Democrats over the last week on who do they trust, even though they wouldn't agree with him on many issues. He is someone the Jim can... Jordan from Ohio. Oh yes, the Jim Jordan from Ohio. Democrats people... in Congress. Yes, they can work with him. And those that name I've one to, Democrat from Congress that trusts name Jim Jordan. People off the record. They trust him more than they trust the former Speaker. In my private conversations with Democrats, I will say that. Okay. I'm not sure I'm buying <laughs> the thing about Democrats trusting I, Jim I Jordan. I talk to but... people on both sides of the aisle all the time. Oh, I Jake. believe that. I believe that. I just don't know how much I believe the thing about Democrats trusting Jim Jordan. I'm not saying they're going to vote for him. I'm saying they trust him more than they trust the former speaker. Well, that's not really a high bar now, is it? <laughs> not at all. Oh, Nancy, it is the lowest bar and quite revealing for your caucus, I might add. This Republican says with a straight face that she trusts a pedophile apologist member of Congress with seditious tendencies over a self-proclaimed white supremacist adjacent alternative. And I say, what the actual fuck? Because Jordan's competition for ultimate power is a man who calls himself, and I quote, David Duke without the baggage. House Republicans went with a guy whose professional hero is the former Grand Wizard of the KKK. 
And I know little Duke Scalise has the nomination for speaker just because he got 113 votes when he needed a minimum of 111 votes, which I guess is impressive, right? (laughs) But if it's the principle of the thing, then House Republicans have just made it clear what they're looking for in a leader, someone to speak for them. Someone who is racist AF. Unfortunately, the white hood they chose to speak for them apparently doesn't want the job. Well, the race for House Speaker remains in flux tonight as House Majority Leader Steve Scalise drops out of the race. And in another twist Thursday night, Speaker nominee Steve Scalise, who was selected by Republicans Wednesday, has withdrawn from the race after he was unable to shore up enough votes to win the gavel on the House floor. Quite a journey, uh, and there's still a long way to go. Uh, I just share with my colleagues that I'm withdrawing my name as a candidate for the speaker designee. Our conference still has to come together and is not there. Uh, There are still some people that have their own agendas. This House of Representatives needs a speaker and we need to open up the House again. And there you have it, folks. Republican logic. We all need to come together, he says as he slips out the side door. And wouldn't you know it, 221 Republicans are now left with the pedophile apologist who recently added insurrectionist planner to his resume, Ohio's biggest electoral embarrassment, Mr. Jim Jordan, as their only viable candidate for speaker. And Jimmy's got about 100 Republicans in the House who will actually vote for him However, that is a problem because he does need 218 votes to win. (laughs) Let the Republicans govern, they said. They are fully capable of governing, they said. Meanwhile, there is a criminally indicted Republican just walking the halls of the Capitol who cannot stop criming. And no, Mayor McTreason has not been seen lumbering around the Congress. The 23 times criminally indicted criminal's name is George Anthony DeVolder Zabrowski Santos, but you can call them Katara Ravish. Whatever their name is, represents the third district from New York, and boy, have their constituents been asking Katara to resign from their position ever since it was revealed that they'd elected a con artist under false pretenses. Big shocker, I know. After the New York senator with too many names told one lie after another, after another, after another, like claiming that he was sick with COVID when he looked just fine to me four days later when he appeared on TV for an interview, or the time that he told everyone he was a Jew, ignoring the fact that it's easy to find out he was actually raised in a Catholic home and none of his relatives are Jewish, but then tried to backtrack it by saying he was Jew-ish. Oh, and who can forget whatever their name is, claimed to own 13 properties when property searches concluded, nah, never was a landlord. And there was the time the senator with too many names told everyone that he is an alumni of Brute College when he actually doesn't have a college degree from anywhere. And then he claimed he worked for Goldman Sachs and the company came out publicly to say, we don't know who the fuck that guy is. 
But one of the most despicable grifts this schmuck artist pulled was this. Rich Ostoff is a disabled Navy veteran who suffers from PTSD and bipolar disorder. Back in 2016, he was homeless, living in a tent in New Jersey. He needed help paying for cancer surgery for his beloved service dog, Sapphire. Ostoff says a veterinarian technician referred him to a pet charity run by Anthony DeVolder, a name that George Santos has gone by. That charity set up a GoFundMe for the cancer-stricken dog of the homeless wounded vet, which raised $3,000. But Ostoff says when it came time to pay for the surgery, he never got the money. Oh, that Kitara Ravish. She's a special kind of douche. The kind of person who scams a disabled U.S. veteran out of $3,000 that he needs for his dog's surgery. And that leaves me wondering, where, oh, where is John Wick when you need him? And to be honest, he's probably striking with the rest of the sag after members after the studios renegotiated a worse deal than they offered the actors before the strike began. But I digress. Whatever his name is has a history of scamming people out of cash, which is why he is a now 23 times criminally indicted senator from New York. And now we know this career con artist has been taking money, scamming his own constituents and his donors. Federal prosecutors hit embattled Congressman George Santos with an array of stunning new criminal charges, including wire fraud and identity theft. The new accusations were made in a 23-count superseding indictment. Republican Congressman George Santos now faces more criminal charges. And these include wire fraud, falsifying records, and identity theft. That's among other crimes. Prosecutors now accusing Santos of being involved in a credit card scheme where the campaign would charge contributors' credit cards repeatedly and above the federal contribution limits. That's right, kiddies. So if you or someone you know has donated to the George Anthony DeVolder Zabrowski Santos campaign, you probably had your identity stolen and your credit cards charged for thousands of dollars in unauthorized donations. One donor gave this asshole $5,800, but Grifting George charged the man's credit card for $15,800. In total, whatever his name is, stolen upwards of $44,000 over the course of several months, and wouldn't you know it, the majority of the money was transferred to Kitara's personal bank account. Because how else is an elected official supposed to make a shit ton of money while in office if they don't steal from the people who donate to them? And now for something completely different. Last Saturday, this happened. Stunning developments in Israel as Palestinian militants fired thousands of rockets into Israel overnight in a surprise assault by land, sea and air. Palestinian militant group Hamas launching a massive, unprecedented military operation. A massive surprise attack by Palestinian militants in Gaza. This assault began early this morning under a barrage of thousands of rockets and these Palestinian gunmen coming by land by sea and by air. Tensions between Hamas and Israel exploded on a major Jewish holiday, catching the Israeli military off guard. I want to take a moment to talk about something I noticed. The same specific verbiage used 
in the coverage of the Hamas attack on Israel, at least here in the United States. The news media referred to Hamas as a Palestinian military group, having Palestinian soldiers, Palestinian militants, Palestinian gunmen, and the attack coming from a Palestinian military operation. Now, none of that, none of that is true. It's no more true than referring to all Americans as Oath Keepers or members of the Proud Boys. Hamas is not the entirety of the Palestinian people, but that doesn't fit the narrative with Israel's decision to use the power of the fourth largest military in the world against every last one of the 2.3 billion Palestinians living on the Gaza Strip just because of the horrific actions of a few terrorists. That would be like carpet bombing and sending ground troops to every state where a January 6th insurrectionist lives because a few residents went to storm the Capitol. It's cruel and stupid to collectively punish all for the actions of a few, which is why what Israel is doing right now is called a crime against international humanitarian law. And as of the recording of this show, Hamas attack on Israel killed 1,300 people with 3,400 wounded on the Israeli side. The devastating retaliation by Israel against the Palestinian people for the actions of Hamas has killed upwards of 2,215 Palestinians and wounded 8,714. And I really want to make this crystal clear. 43% of the 2.3 billion people living on the Gaza Strip are children, not Hamas. And just so that we are all on the same page, here is how the former Israeli Prime Minister really feels about Palestinians when he spoke with Sky News this week. Keep on asking me about Palestinian civilians what's what's wrong with you have you not seen what happened we're fighting nazis if you want to bring them electricity i'm not going to feed electricity or water to my enemies i can tell you that when the uk when great britain was fighting the nazis during world war ii no one asked what's going on in dresden it was the Nazis targeting London, and you targeted Dresden. From and in hindsight, many okay people have readdressed and that kind of carpet uh, bombing. Of babies. Oh, oh, I see. Now you're Mr. Clean. Shame on you. Oh, no, my friend. Shame on you for calling the people of Palestine Nazis because of the terroristic actions of the members of Hamas. And shame on you for dehumanizing an entire group of people just so you can feel better about committing crimes against humanity. An entire group of people just because of the actions of a terrorist group. But hey, if you think this former prime minister of Israel is just a one-off, here's Israel's former foreign minister, a diplomatic position, discussing how Israel is justified in committing war crimes against the entirety of the Palestinian people because Hamas. We will do everything for the Gazan people. Once and now, we demand immediate surrender, unconditional surrender of Hamas. If Hamas people come out with their hands up 
and clear their weapons, believe me, everything will be restored to Gaza. You are defining for the international community right now collective punishment. That is exactly what collective punishment is. You're holding them accountable for the actions of others. That is the definition, the textbook definition of, of, of collective punishment, sir. Now, you may, you, you may accept that that's what you want to do, but this is absolutely a contravention of international law. We want to open a humanitarian corridor so they can leave. You're saying civilians can leave, but only through the Rafah border, correct? At this point, yes. So they can't go. Where else? Your country. <laughs> they can come into Israel. You're bombing them. You say you want to save them, but you, they can't come in. So here is Israel's logic. A terrorist group of 30,000 men attacked us. So we're going to carpet bomb the entire Gaza Strip and kill all 2.3 billion people living there. But 24 hours before we do, we'll warn them about the carpet bombing, tell them to get the fuck out and then destroy the only way they can flee, other than to go to Israel. And fuck no, we're not letting them into Israel, because to Israel, the Palestinian people and Hamas are one in the same thing. What Hamas did to Israel was despicable, but what Israel is doing currently to the people of Palestine is deplorable. Or as Senator Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez so eloquently put it, I would say that the United States, our responsibility is to the stability and the security of the region. That means being able to support, uh, not support, yes, Israel in its defensive capacities, right, in its ability in, in, in that context. But it also means that the United States has a responsibility to ensure accountability to human rights, to prevent the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, and to ensure that horrors do not happen in the names of victims who do not want their tragedy used to justify further violence and injustice. Once again, AOC is absolutely correct. It is not defending yourself when you are obliterating 2.3 billion people because of the actions of 30,000. And now is the perfect time to stand up for human dignity and the stability of the region. Not this peace in the Middle East marketing bullshit that we've been hearing about all of our lives. Folks, it never was and it never will be about peace between Palestine and Israel. For Palestine, it's about living as an independent state, not under occupation or apartheid. For Israel, it's about wanting a homeland that they can go to just in case another Hitler rises up and tries to wipe them all out again. And being 99.999 Ashkenazi Jew, thanks to the results of my 23andMe swab test, I uniquely understand this. Everything I was taught in shul and synagogue about the Nazi occupation and the genocide tells me that what the Israeli government is doing to the Palestinian people right now and for the last 57 years is wrong. And that's not just me talking. Since Israel retaliated against the Palestinian people, protests have sprung up in London, New York, Paris, and that's just to name a few cities. These people are calling for everyone to acknowledge Israel is committing war crimes and should be treated the same as any other government who is committing collective punishment against an entire people.
people. Or if people protesting isn't your thing, how about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict as told by comedic observations of John Stewart, a nice Jewish boy? Roll tape. As a Jewish person, you are saddled with the idea that you are not a a citizen of America Mm -hmm. or a citizen of the world. Mm -hmm. You are a citizen of Israel and you must back their actions. You know, what has happened in that part of the world is tragic. And unfortunately, I think the biggest problem is it's to nobody's benefit but the Palestinian people that it get resolved. It's not to the benefit of the Israeli government. They use the Palestinian issue as a cudgel and they continue to build settlements and whatever it is they want to do. And it's not to the United States benefit because we have an ally in the region Mm -hmm. that's a lot more complicated for us than in other ways because they rely on our military aid and all kinds of other things. Yes, indeed. So if it's not in anybody's interest in the powers of status quo, what chance do they have if you're held to that standard that you don't get your state until nobody tries to kill anybody else? then you're never going to get your state. So the only people who always lose are the day in, day out Palestinian people. Yeah. Because it's to no one's benefit to help them but them. And that is the crux of the problem for the Palestinian people that hasn't been said out loud and in public enough to become common knowledge. We all know anti-Semitism is deadly and should not be tolerated. We also know We cannot become the thing we hate just because we want to defend ourselves. But then again, what do I know? I'm just the granddaughter of a Polish Jew who fled Nazis invading and occupying his homeland with the intent on exterminating him and every Jew just for being Jewish and then migrated to the United States through Ellis Island after fighting with the Allies with three different countries against Germany in World War II. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. You can follow the show on social media wherever you can find us. And This Week Again is available for your listening pleasure wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to this show. To Dur for now. <laughs>